welcome to Extra Points. Now here's your host, Cousin Sal, and his good, good pals, Dave Damashek and Martin Weiss. All right, welcome to the Extra Points Podcast. Cousin Sal here, and we are just past the all-star break of the NBA season. So I'm giving my all-star pals a well-deserved day off. Sheck needed some extra time to cut his hair. Martin needed to go to St. Patrick's Day gift shopping for his girlfriend. Eddie Spaghetti went to pay tribute to his favorite team at the Garden. Not Madison Square Garden, the Olive Garden. He's a huge fan of their breadsticks. Anyway, I know if you're anything like me, you already miss football. So here's what we did. Mikey Meatball said, hey, let's put together interviews with two Super Bowl winners who've been on our show. And I said, no, let's put together a show with three Super Bowl winners who have been on Extra Points. And I took credit for his idea. That's right. So here they are, our Super Bowl ring-worthy interviews with Michael Irvin, Dwight Freeney, and Tori Holt. Enjoy. All right, let's bring him in here. He was one of the top pass rushers of his era with a spin move that even James Harden would be jealous of. He currently ranks 18th all-time in career sack, Super Bowl champ, seven-time pro bowler. Dwight Freeney is here. What's happening, Dwight? Uh, nothing much, man. How are you doing? We're doing great. Uh, we're talking a lot about this Tampa Bay-New England game. Should we not, Should we move on from it? Have, have you heard enough of this Tampa Bay-New England game? Or? <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, I got to turn off the TV. You know what? It's, honestly... I have a lot of friends on that Tampa Bay team. A lot of that coaching staff coached me in Arizona and in the Colts. So there's a lot of like, you know, good feelings there. Now the Patriots side, uh, get that out of here. Right? <laughs> we, 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 don't, we don't like to watch too much Patriots stuff over here. Well, you know, it's funny, Dwight, you and Tom Brady actually go back a long way. You may have sacked them before yeah. anyone when you were in Syracuse. He was at Michigan back in 98. Do you remember that? play specifically or does it all mesh together? No, absolutely. I mean, it was actually the first play I ever made in college. Yeah. It, I was a, I was a freshman and they put me at like a D tackle position for some reason. I have no clue, but anyway, I made a quick move and I ended up hitting Tom. Now, obviously Tom wasn't Tom then. He was just a, a backup guy who was just getting thrown in the game because Syracuse was blowing him out. Right. And uh, come fast forward, fast forward all these years. He was my first play ever in college, period. As best you can, yeah. Dwight, because you you obviously are identified as a cult, but you identify also that you you, you played elsewhere, too. He was on 37 yeah. teams. We looked it up. Is yesterday. that true? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't yeah. realize it was that many. Yeah. Either way, uh, congratulations, too. We, we voted you, you amongst ourselves, at least, into the Hall of Fame. So we'll, we'll see how that well, goes. Hey, I but I think, it, guys. I think you get the gold Thank jacket. You. When we put our stamp on it, it usually ends up going your way. But yeah, um, yes, well, thank you. so you'll go in as a cult uh, w when you do get the honor. But yeah. how, I mean, yeah. as fans, we think, oh, Brady is desperate to win this game. Belichick really wants to show uh, Brady up. How true is that? I mean, it, for both guys, for for. For Brady, is it more important to hang one on Belichick up in Foxborough or vice versa? You know, to be honest with you, you know, it's kind of like one of those things where, you know, you're a player out there and he said, I'm going to give it my all. I'm going to give 100, 100%. And the other guy says, I'm going to give 110%. And I'm going to give 130%. At some point, you know, <laughs> that percentage just keeps going up and you're saying you're giving it your all. I think obviously there's a, you know, a history there. It's too hard to measure who's going to want it worse. I, 
I think Belichick wants to win every single game, no matter who he's playing. All right. Does he want to win this one a little bit more? I don't know the history. Maybe they have bad blood. Maybe he's like, oh, I really want to give it to Tom. You know, maybe Tom has bad blood. He's not really putting it out there. But based on the information that I have, it's just basically, look, you know, they have so much respect for each other. And they're like, look, in the end, those are great years. We're just trying to win this game here. And obviously, it's going to mean a lot to both of them if they can win that game, clearly. Well, but Don't tactically then, for, from a practical standpoint, who does that favor? Belichick, the defensive wizard, or Brady being able to identify what any defense is trying to do in pre-snap? Who ultimately has the edge in that chess match? I think the edge goes to Tampa Bay based on the fact that they have a better team. Okay, it's not just about Tom and the offense. That defense at Tampa Bay is pretty good as well, as you saw in the playoffs in the Super Bowl, who basically won the Super Bowl was that defense. So, you know, everybody likes to play this chess match between, you know, Bill and Tom, who's going to do this, who's going to do that. But there are other phases of the game that really matter. And I think overall, Tampa has the better team. And that's why they win the game. Not so much about Bill. Bill and the Patriots, they're in a rebuilding phase in a sense. You know, people want to hype this thing up to being all of that. But remember what type of team they had last year. All right. I don't even think they they were under 500 last year. All right. So this is the team that they have. They're, what are they, one and two now? Um, You know, they're on the 500 team right now. Yes, there is going to be a little Bill and Tom in there sprinkled in, you know, but it's not going to be, I don't think, as overwhelming as people think. So you're talking about the Tampa Bay defense, and I, I know like through the playoffs last year and the Super Bowl, they were ferocious. But this year, it seems like they haven't been getting to the quarterback nearly as much as they used to. And it seems like, you know, we saw Sunday, Matt Stafford was able to take advantage of that hit Deshaun Jackson for bombs left and right. What do you make of, of, because I agree with you that the Tampa Bay defense really kind of led them through the playoffs and, and had a, played a huge role in yep. that Super Bowl. If this defense can't get to the quarterback, as somebody who is familiar with getting to quarterbacks, what does that take yeah. away from that Tampa defense? And, like, will Mac Jones be able to take advantage of that? Well, you know, I've always said, you know, when I used to play, I didn't care if you had Randy Moss. I didn't care if you had the best receivers in the game. They're never going to get the ball. And if I get there, right, they have less than three seconds between me and Robert Mathis to get there. So I don't care if you draft up this elaborate game plan, this sweet looking play that, oh, I'm going to double hitch and we're going to go deep. None of that matters if you get to the quarterback. But vice versa, if you don't get to the quarterback, every quarterback in the National Football League will look like a pro bowl. All right. They will sit back sipping a margarita, say, ah. No, that guy's not open. You know, you guys can sit there and play quarterback in the National Football League if there's no one coming after you, right? Now, that being, <laughs> that being said, if you get those fireworks, right? That being said is, look, there's ups and downs when it comes to how people attack quarterbacks. Some games, you don't get any sacks. Some games, you get five or six, okay? And that's just what it is. Now, Todd Bowles is a blitzer. That's what he likes to do. Now, if they don't blitz a lot, then you're asking the forefront guys to make all the plays. Depending on the, the, the concept that they're facing based on their protection, right, is going to determine if they're going to get the sacks. So you're playing a New England Patriot team who is a very smart 
team. What they like to do is get rid of the ball very quickly, regardless if Tom's in there or not. When they want to throw down the field, they max protect. They leave more guys to protect so that the, te- the quarterback has time to throw. I anticipate another game of not a lot of pressure, per se, sacks, because of they're playing the New England Patriots, and that's something that they don't want. Now, a rookie quarterback, he may sit there and say, this guy's open. No, he's not. Oh, no, I'm getting sacked. That may happen. But from a systematic standpoint, I don't see a lot of sacks. I think you hit the nail on the head with the fact that this is supposed to be, forget about what Patriots fans want it to be. This is supposed to be a rebuilding year for New England. And it's um, yeah. it's the equivalent of, oh my God, Brady needs 68 and a half yards to break this record on our home turf. This is like, oh, uh, this is a rebuilding year. Like, oh man, we're, we want to open this restaurant, but we don't have the permits yet. And now the World Fair has yep. come to town. Like this is terrible timing for Belichick, I think. Yep. But this is why I'm trying to get around the narrative, which is everyone's narrative that Brady's going to break the record. He's going to throw two touchdown passes to Gronkowski. And this is going to be just a disaster uh, for uh, Bill Belichick. But I I, I don't know. I haven't heard from you either in any way like the how Uh, we could avoid this. I I don't necessarily. I mean, when we say a disaster, Bill Belichick losing is a disaster in his mind. It doesn't matter whether he loses by 20 points or one point is a disaster. Okay, so that's the mentality that they have. Are they going to win this game? I highly, highly doubt it. Will Bill, based on his skill set of, of him being a mastermind, you know, chess master, whatever you want to call him, will it be a closer game than most people think? I believe so. Okay. I honestly believe so. But do they have enough? It's hard to, it's hard to see it. I mean, Tampa isn't playing the greatest, greatest ball right now either. You know, they, I mean, they gave up 25 to 30 points to Atlanta. Now, I'm not saying that Atlanta is the greatest team, but it was a game until the fourth quarter until all of a sudden, you know, that offensive turnovers started to come up, you know, on that other side. So I don't know. I mean, it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think it's going to be a good game, but I think Tampa's going to win. Let's go a little more global then, because you talk about Belichick and you were on the wrong side of those trips to Foxborough in January. Well, listen, it not all of them. Not all that's of what them. Belichick not all does. He puts <laughs> QBs in bad spots and 18 on your side was victimized by that. So I have to ask now. You went to Syracuse, played in the Carrier Dome, played your career in yep. Indianapolis for the most part. And then, you know, some time in the Dome in Arizona. Mm-hmm. But you as a defensive guy, what mm-hmm. about now the Chicago Bears talking about doming their stadium? This is a terrible thing for football. Isn't it better when it's nice and open air and cold outside? That puts the quarterback <laughs> at a further disadvantage. You can't support yeah. this stuff, right? Well, it depends on your team and depends on your, your personnel, to be quite honest with you. Us in Indianapolis, we had a, our defense. Let's just talk about defense. We had one of the fastest defenses in the league those years that we were playing. Okay. Our defense was predicated on speed, explosion, and making plays sideline to sideline. What that means is if you have good footing, then your guys are going to be flying. If you have bad footing and it rains and there's mud and then there's snow, for the fans, it might say, oh, look, this is a great football game. But depending on that team and how it's built, 
it may be a detriment for us and for me. When it snowed and it was muddy and it was wet, it took a lot away from my game because my game was predicated on speed, getting the corner, a big 380-pound slob of an offensive tackle <laughs> only has to take five steps back and put his hands out, all right? For me, I got to make that big guy miss. I got to get through him, and now if I have to go through him, like lift him up, I'm playing into his hands. And if I don't have a corner to turn, then that's the problem. So for me, it's based on the defense. If you're, a, if you're let's just say, the Pittsburgh Steelers, who back in the day would have these big, huge Casey Hamptons and all those big, huge defensive linemen, then guess what? It's to their advantage to play outside because they're not really worried about that. They just want big, huge guys having hitting big, huge guys and stopping well, the speed I mean, on the other the Steelers, side. The Steelers did. I can remember one playoff game that they won in a dome. Oh, um, come on. <laughs> we try not to remember that. <laughs> that is what great. We try to we try to forget. You that. brought up a good point, though, Dwight. Like, is footing footing might be more of a combine note, right? Then uh, I feel like it should be a, a stat, even like forget about uh, percentage of uh, rush percentage or pressure percentage. Footing. What? Why don't? Why doesn't PFF come up with a footing? Um. Well, it, it, it's it's you would have to play the game and to understand it, you know, to that level. And a lot of guys who are doing these statistics and stats, there's these guys with, you know, their glasses in the back and just sitting there looking at all these statistics and all that analytics <laughs> and all that stuff. That's what they're doing. They're not really out there as a player understanding, oh man, hold on. I got to get two, I got to get two longer cleats in the front, uh, one smaller in the back. Oh wait, I can't turn. Let me go back. Hey, hey guys, do you have any other new cleats? I can't really turn the corner. I can't stop. There's a lot of things that go into those, those games. All right. But if you're if you're a big guy who doesn't care about speed, you're fine. You know, you can wear flip flops. <laughs> I like that Dwight in this conversation the corner. has taken down fat guys and nerds already. Slobs and nerds. <laughs> <laughs> Dwight, I want to ask you, uh, Michael Parsons, he's drafted as a linebacker, played linebacker at Penn State. All of a sudden, Randy Gregory, Demarcus Lawrence get hurt, and Michael Parsons is just now playing defensive end. And you know he looked good. In, he had the, the in the grass back of Justin Herbert in week two, and his looked looked good against Philly in week three. But it, I know you had you bounced. You had the defensive end. You played linebacker a little bit. They had the transition period. How much longer can we expect Michael Parsons to be an effective defensive end, or is this just something that is going to be a thing that he's able to do consistently for the rest of the season? Well. I think there there are similarities. Um, for me, I think it was harder for me to to go from defensive end and then make me an outside linebacker. All right, and I think quite honestly that was the beginning of the downfall of those years in Indianapolis where we started to fall apart. Is because we took two defensive ends were you know me and Robert Mathis who are five six seven year Pro Bowlers. And then all of a sudden, you know, Chuck Pagano, great guy, ends up saying, you know what? I want to put in a 3-4 system. And you made us outside linebackers. And now all of a sudden, you know, as a defensive end, you have blinders on. You're so focused on that guy, that offensive tackle. You know, you don't see so much. When you stand up and all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, there's a receiver out here. Wait a minute. 
there's a there's a running back coming over here, it becomes a different world just a little bit. Now, going after the quarterback, that's similar. Okay. So I think for a guy who's an outside linebacker or a linebacker going to play a defensive end position, I think it's actually easier for him in a standpoint of the fact that he can get after the quarterback because he's been asked to blitz before. He's been asked to do those things before. All right. But a defensive end getting transitioned to an outside linebacker, you might be dropping back in coverage, covering Gonkowski 40 yards down the field in San Diego. And you're wondering why you're back out there. You know, that's just kind of how it is, how it was for me. I get, I go to San Diego and all of a sudden Tom's sitting there looking at me like, why are you in coverage? And I'm like, I don't know. And then I'm looking at Gronk looking at me like, oh, I'm going to kill you. And I'm like, you probably will. And sure enough, 40 yards down the field, I'm running chasing Gronk. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. You mentioned Robert Mathis. Uh, you know, it was a big summer for some of your former Colt teammates, Peyton, Edge, got into Canton. We got to get a few more of you cold players in there, right? Reggie Wayne, yourself, Mathis, maybe Vinatieri, even though he'll identify as a a Patriots. You must, you must be excited for this, right? It's inevitable. Yeah. Well, you know, you hope and and you pray. You the thing is, as a player, you just do as, as all you can do is, you know, what you put out there in the field. And then after that, the people vote for you and hopefully and pray that you get in. You know, I think that we do have a lot of guys who have a lot of talent. You know, you got Jeff Saturday was a great talent at center. You know, Dallas Clark was good. I don't know if he has enough numbers to get in. You know, I definitely think Reggie and Robert Mathis should definitely be in there. Benetieri obviously should be in there. Eventually, I think they will get in. Who knows when they're going to get? I don't know when I'm going to go. You know, who knows what's going to happen? You just hope and pray that, you know, you've done enough to get there. Well, 87's got to go into the Hall of Fame. That's for sure. What, uh, What number... You see the number changes. Would you have uh, gone against uh, conventional um, pass rusher numbering and gone with one of the newfangled numbers? I could see in like a, a an eight would look cool. Well, you know, for me, I I'm I'm just kind of like, okay, look, my high school number was forty four, okay. my college number was fifty four, and I couldn't get fifty four coming out of college, so I just said ninety three. I don't know if the number matters so much, but I if it was me. You know, I kind of like the traditional defensive numbers, just me, because I never had an offensive number, quote unquote, you know, 44, maybe, but 54 and 93 are defensive numbers. I'm not going to change my number. If I'm already an established 93 guy, that's what you know me. I want to be the best 93 you ever seen, you know, you know, and that's just what my whole mentality was. Give me, I don't care what number you give. Give me a number. I'm going to go ahead and make that number as special as possible. But I'm not, I'm not a guy who's like, oh, let me get in the number two because the two looks sweet, man. Look at that number two coming around the corner. I'm like, ah, two is a receiver pencil net guy. Go ahead and give the number two to a quarterback or a backup quarterback or something. Like who that. does Dwight want... like besides Robert Mathis and Reggie Wayne? And now it's pencil necks, nerds, fat guys. He likes speed rushers. That's who he likes. He likes speed there rushers. There you go. There you go. I'm loyal. Dwight, do you like hard knocks? I want to talk to you about this. I mean, I I, I, don't, I would think most players wouldn't even want it for the preseason, but HBO does the four-week lead up there. But now the Colts, your former team, is doing it like a midseason a midseason hard knocks, and it could be tough for them. They could be, I hate to say it, they could be like four and seven when this starts or if they're lucky at this point, right? I'm, I'm all the way against it. All the way against it. I mean, I'm so against it. Let me tell you, I never 
put a mic on. There's guys who would put a mic on for a game so that then the fans can get this inside look and feel of what is said and how it is. I could never do it because I know if I have a mic on, my grandmother or my mother is sitting there saying, wait a minute. What did he say? Because I'm cursing, dog cussing everybody, telling all, and I don't need all those bleeps and blops and all that stuff. My my poor little grandmother at the house had the cut, just crying her eyes out, like, "Oh my god, my son, my son, my grandson." And for me, it's too much anxiety. For me, it's kind of like, look, I need to stay focused, and what I do, the same thing every single day. No surprises. I'm not going to fake a conversation. You know, like if I don't talk to that guy normally, I'm not going to talk to him now just because I have a mic on. I'm just going to stay focused on what I'm focused on. I'm not going to talk to the other guy on the offensive of the other team and give him a pat on the back for the mic. I'm a, you know, I'm, that's just not what I do. So for me, thinking about doing that midseason could be an absolute disaster because it brings in elements that normally are not there. And guys are thinking about stuff. They're going to like, you're just doing this for the cameras. You know, all of a sudden personalities that were never a personality become a personality. And like, where are you at the whole six weeks prior to all of a sudden you're the rah-rah guy. Yeah. (laughs) And I think, I also think that your grandmother would be surprised. She'd be like, Oh, I had no idea. Dwight hated the nerds, the pencil necks, and the fat guys so much. (laughs) Speaking of, we don't need that. Speaking of hate or dislike, at least if, it's yeah. the unvarnished truth that is uh, going into those microphones in a couple of weeks. Are we hearing teammates and otherwise saying, boy, this Carson Wentz uh, experiment was a bad one and I wish we had gone in a different direction? <laughs> well, put it this way. If there is a mic on, you're never going to hear anything too bad unless the guy's a complete, I don't know. Maybe if he's concussed, all of a sudden he might just start talking. But most guys, they know they're mic there's even signals like, hey. And then that whole conversation is all scripted. All right, you're on a microphone okay. now. Was Carson Wentz a bad uh, experiment for the Colts to make? Yeah. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, I think this, if you look at the games that Carson Wentz played, Carson Wentz played pretty good the first game. It was actually above average the first game and pretty decent the second game. Um, the problem was the offensive line didn't protect him when the when when the plays really mattered, okay, when it was needed for a play. I, th- I saw one game against Seattle. The, the offensive tackle just got completely ran over and got a sack when he was in. That's not Carson's fault. The red zone issues, that's a play calling issue, okay? What Carson's fault is, is him holding on to the ball a little bit too long trying to scramble with his feet. Me personally, if I was Carson, I would like, you should throw that ball away. Okay, do more of a Tom Brady, throw it out of bounds and all that type of scenario than trying to make plays with your feet because things like two sprained ankles happen, right? And now all of a sudden, something that you rely on as your mobility is now taken away from you. Now all of a sudden, you just become a true pocket passer. And I'm not saying he can't make throws because he can, but I've always said that the quarterback position gets too much credit when you win and too much blame when you lose it's somewhere in the middle of what's happening so what the problem is with the Colts is that their identity they they're having a hard time understanding who they are 
and who they are had always been running the ball. You know, it's running the ball and that's what happens. You run the ball, then it opens up the play action and then they'll have success. So run the ball and stop putting so much pressure on Carson. There you go. Well, I thank you for joining. I don't know where Martin just went. And I, I think he, yeah, I he, he may have <laughs> sensed that I was going to uh, bring up the fact that he knows your wife. Uh, and so he skedaddled out of here. I think I think actually yeah. he was going to call Peyton Manning to let him know that uh, he just said the quarterbacks get too much credit. Another one who Freeney just went after there. There you go. And trust me, I'm going to be who I am. <laughs> All quarterbacks, I hate them other than if I played with you. And that's about it. And I somewhat like just a little bit, not as much though. I love right? it. Well, Dwight, thanks for coming on. We appreciate the time. Hall of Famer, Dwight Freeney. You heard it here. Hopefully one day. 93 now and forever. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> thanks again, Dwight. No problem, guys. You take care. Right. Awesome stuff, man. Great. Take care. All right. FanDuel Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And with FanDuel, same game parlays. You can turn little bets into big paydays. Yes. Over under points, three point shooting, spread, side, total, anything at your disposal. Do it all on FanDuel Sportsbook. Payouts in as little as two hours. Easy to use, safe and secure. Plus, if you're a new customer, you get a risk-free first bet up to $1,000. It makes every game feel like the finals all season long. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app or head to FanDuel.com and sign up using promo code EXTRAPOINTS to bet the NBA today and get your first bet risk-free. There he is. Hey. What's happening? I should have known. I could have. I said I don't have to get dressed. These dudes ain't gonna be dressed. <laughs> dressed. <They'll be> <laughs> Come on, it's late. <laughs> Wait, should I put it in my earpiece? Yeah, yeah. Please go ahead. Whatever you want to do. Hold on now, because one of these, one of these are good, and one of one is bad. I don't know you, which. Use one them all. I like to see while he gets all set up there. Uh, I like Michael Irvin, despite the fact that we obviously are not similar human beings. Um, <laughs> and and the proof of that is that he protects his trophies. He obviously. Wait, what you say, trophy. I said <laughs> you love your trophy. I love it's like you uh, you were good at a sport or something with all those trophies behind your head there. You're looking. What good. do you mean he protects them? Oh, he presents he, them. He's, oh. You know, look at that. He's got them up uh, there and everything. I lose them. You say, listen, you got to remember, right. And this frozen freeze that just came through a lot yeah. of parts of my house, you know, well, my bedroom got yeah. frozen and, and, and rained upon. So we got to redo oh. the whole room. Oh, so I sorry. built this house. I built this house maybe twenty. No, it's fine. It, it, it kind of works out because my wife wanted a new bedroom anyway, a more up to date bedroom. You, you see, know, when I when I was growing up, I was at my aunt's house the other my my aunt's house the other day. I walked down the walls, guys. See, they had pictures on the walls everywhere. You know how it was when you grew up. There were pictures sitting on every counter, <laughs> everywhere. Now, since everybody carries pictures in the phones, the houses, have, everything is 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 modern. No pictures on the wall. Yeah. All, clean. all of this stuff back here, this they call clutter. I call championship. What the hell you calling my stuff clutter for? That's you right. Put, you just put this one here. I'm like, no, no, no. Put them all up there. <laughs> I don't want to hear that. I'm not. Uh, hey, I want too many championships <laughs> to take them all down and call this thing. I, I don't want it to be clutter. No, put me some damn clutter back there. I don't see you clutter. Know I mean? How many dudes in the NFL wish they had this damn clutter? I don't want to hear that. <laughs> Get out of here. You're not redesigning my office. That's what they keep coming in here saying. Let me redesign it, 
move some of these things. Hell no. no. I took my, too many hits. Mike, right. here's the problem with that, though. That conflicts with what Roger Goodell and company are looking to do. They don't like, because that could be read as taunting. You're trying to taunt your foes, and the NFL doesn't like the taunting. What deals with this? That. I mean, your whole game, I mean, but, but, I mean, you of all people should be the voice in the room that says, hold on, Kamish. It's right, a part right, right. of the game. We need it's it. It's a part of the game. If you don't want to, if you don't want to have to deal with me showing off all them trophies, do something about it in those That's 60 right. minutes between the lines. That's what you do. <laughs> if you can't do anything about it then, don't right. try to do something about it now. Exactly. You know, to let it go, man. Michael, you you have about two and a half million dollars worth of clutter be, behind you. I'm counting. <laughs> that's, that's a pretty good job you've done there. Yeah. Emmys, MVPs, everything. That's great. I wish right. I had time. I, I, we're going here, but I want. I you know, we want a playmaker. So a lot of teams do pick the man. I got to give you some kind of intro. Actually, earned that nickname, the playmaker, three times Super Bowl champ, Pro Football Hall of Famer, Michael Irvin. All right, now you can officially jump in. It's great to have you, Mike. <laughs> it's great to be here, guys. It's always great to have this kind of form and talking. We all do TV, and TV, you're really just talking to an audience. Yeah. Here, we get to talk with each other, and the audience gets to peek in, which, which I, I like doing these. I love it. I love having you on anytime, but right around draft time is, is the best. Uh, are you excited about? Let me just say this. I feel like wide receivers, they're always the most exciting player in position. Yeah. But I don't want to say they're more important now than ever, but I think franchises now who don't have the assets to go after a quarterback, maybe it's always been like this, but it feels more like it's lately, they're going after the wide receiver. What were there, 15, a 13 in the first two rounds last year? Yeah. This is yeah, the flashy yeah. player. This is how they're gonna that this is how they're gonna make a difference, right? Do you feel like I don't want to say wide receivers are getting used, but they're not getting enough credit. Well, it, it, well we get so much credit to the quarterback, it, 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 which always blows right. my mind. Not saying they don't deserve it, but I don't know. I won't say they deserve that much credit. You know, I got people around here right now. You know, we talk about quarterbacks, and you know, that Dak signed his contract recently, mm -hmm. and everybody's like, "Man, forty-two million dollars in the first three years." I'm like, "Dude, back up. Do you not see how the NFL is leaking this stuff?" Up? Partnership with the fan dudes and all mm -hmm. those things. Oh, mm -hmm. a new TV contract. $42 million for a quarterback in two years is going to be no money. That number is going to jump to 55, 60. So, so the quarterback will always have a push. Why would you spend 50, $60 million a year for a guy that can throw it and not spend for a guy that can catch it? You right. just wasted that money. So it's absolutely why the receiver has to be an important part of the whole game plan because you made the quarterback the most important part of the whole game plan. And he can throw it, but he can run down there and catch it also. So you yeah. need that. With these wide receivers, though, I, you know, nobody is talking about the Cowboys, or they weren't at least until the last week or so. Kyle Pitts, right. Jair likes Kyle Pitts a great deal. The problem is, if it's a problem, is you're already loaded at that at pass catcher, the sensible right. thing would seem to be to go defense here. But in 2021, can you get by with, I mean, like if you could just get that defense to mediocre, just, I mean, like just don't let the other team score every time they touch the ball. Is there something to be said for like now more than ever, like 
just load up and and try to score 40 uh, points again. Is that <laughs> is that crazy? Is no, Jared gonna not, try to sell that to the room? At least it's not crazy in this sense. It's not crazy in this sense because I believe you, you if, if you can't make all three phases dominant, all three phases very, very good, then you you try to turn one phase into a dominating phase. If it's defense, that's fine. If it's offense, that's great. And and and, and another thing that we have to watch for people that get caught up in the draft and the combine, they they do what I call they they like to build Madden teams, you know, where the Madden gets you gives you the super team. You can pick the top wide receiver, top mm-hmm. running back, top tight end, top offensive line. Doesn't work that way. You got to find some places that you're not going to have a top guy. So it, it, yeah, Kyle Pitts. Wow, what would be a, a great pickup? I, I was saying to Rich on his show, I said, "Listen, we don't Dallas should not be taking Kyle Pitts with that pick because they need so much help." I had Patrick Santana on my podcast, and I think that would be a great, great pick. Mm. And I talked to Patrick about him and Trayvon Diggs. How often have you guys talked about playing together and becoming lockdown corners? Because I want to see that you're visualizing these in your head too. See, we always talk about physical skill set. I want to talk about mentality. Mm. You can make a defense good if you pick the right people with the mentality. Because defense is about hustle and hitting. And that's got to be about a mentality. I got to, we, we all working together. We're going to hit this dude right here hard. And everybody's going. So, so I want, and they got that mentality. So getting Patrick Sertan and, and, and hardening him with Trayvon Diggs, I think would be a great pick. It's harder to find, it, it's, like I can say, you can find the guy that can get to the passer. It's more difficult finding a guy that can defend the pass. Mm-hmm. Alden Smith, last year, he, he was out a couple years. Last year he comes in, he gets five sacks, three sacks in one game, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. So I can find a guy that can get to the passer, but 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 it's more difficult to find that guy that can defend the pass. So I like Patrick Taylor. But if they do take Kyle Pitts, and <laughs> C.D. Lamb wants to take the number two, can we put 88 on Kyle Pitts <laughs> and let's go from there? You see what I'm saying? You know, Michael, <laughs> the, if you bet it, you could bet what the Cowboys are going to go if they're going to go defense or offense. Defense, you have to lay more than $3 to win a dollar um, because it looks like it. Like last year, we were going to take a right. defender. We're probably going to take the safety from Alabama, McKinney, who ended up going to the Giants. But we went with C.D. Lamb. Great player, obviously. Right. Took your 88. That that's a shame. I don't like that. But took your eighty eight again. Wait, wait, Sal, let me, let me, let's break this down. Why don't you like? It? Let me tell you why. Nah, I don't like it. I always say this to people. I always say to people. Hey, 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 that number should be retired. I said, no, it should not. I don't. I I I I, I don't want my flowers when I'm dead and gone. I want them while I'm living. Oh, interesting. See, so All right. right, right. So if you retire the number, the only time they show it or say anything about it is when you leave time and go to eternity. And the camera's on the game. They say, we lost Michael today. And they'll fail. <laughs> Back to the game. And that's it. <laughs> I'm gone. And I got two seconds on my way out the door. But when you put the number on another player's back, I get my flowers every Sunday. If he catches a pass, they say, boy, that looked like Michael Irvin. If he dropped a pass, they say, Mike Irvin wouldn't have dropped that. I like my number All right. somebody. Well, now, but here's the thing. Now, I take it you like C.D. Lamb as a person. You've met it, right? Yeah, but, yeah uh, I like C.D. He called but me. If, if, we talked about it. If he's an asshole, you don't want that guy wearing 88 for the next 10 mm. years, right? That's a different Yeah, That's true. And, 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 and I would say something before it all came down. When we mm. started talking about it, uh, Dez, I, t- I talked to Dez. Mm-hmm. You know, Jerry's like, yeah, yeah, this is a good pick. 
uh, uh, and CD, he called me. He called me because, you know, and asked me and talked to me about it. I said, yeah, yeah, this is good. With guys like this, I remember talking to this. You handle 88. I went to my sister. You handle wearing 88. <laughs> he looked back at me. Yeah, I bet you I can handle I can wear it, my guy. Wear it. I looked at Jerry. I looked at Jerry. I said, he can do it. Let me tell you the the, 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 the showing thing there. Most guys, if me and Jerry's in a room and I ask him, could he handle 88? He'll look at me and then look at Jerry. Look at me and look at Jerry. Look at me and look at Jerry. This only looked at me. See, if you look at me and look at Jerry, that means uh, you're looking at the number, but you're also looking at the money. You're looking right. at the number, but you're looking at the money. When the man just stares at me, that means he wants to talk what I did in the number. He, like you that. know, he's not even thinking about the money. He's thinking about the job. And, and, and I think those two guys are like that. Now, let me ask you this. Sorry, Dave. Did, did Drew Pearson have this conversation with you? Oh, yeah. I talked to Drew. He did. Uh, Drew's, okay. the, Drew's the first the first interview I had when I when I landed, he was the first wow. interview at DFW Airport when I landed here. His, one of his questions was, do you know who the lead receiver is for the Dallas Cowboys? <laughs> I said, yeah, Drew, I know it's you, oh, but I know God. who it better be in about nine or ten years. <laughs> you know and, and it was me in, in that time span. That's so, excellent. but you go, of course, you're 47 in the orange when you're down in, uh, in South beach yeah. before you get there. So, I mean, boy, you, uh, apparently you have uh, some self-confidence then as, as what we can, uh, take away from this. I love the idea of grownups all gathering around, like, is he worthy of 88? And this is a committee <laughs> decision. That, that's the best, that's the best thing I've heard. Do you guys ever, do you guys ever, uh, debate who's the best 88 in Cowboys history? Well, no, no, we, we, we run it order in order. I, 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 I pay homage to Drew because oh. of what Drew is and what he does. He's the original. He put the number on the map in, mm. in that sense, you know. Um, so so I, we always run the original, and congratulations to him going into the Hall of Fame. But I say this to the guy that came after me, so I never say it around Drew. I say, I, I tell I tell the Diz or, or CD, I said, you do know when it, 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 greatness says, you must step on the ceiling of the man before you and make it your floor. Ooh. That's what greatness says. I stepped on Drew's ceiling. He had the one Super Bowl. I stepped on it and made it my floor and took it to three Super Bowls. <laughs> now I, I need to see you step on my ceiling at three <laughs> Super Bowls and make it your floor. I think I'm, you know, you know I mean, you got to wear four, five, or six. That's going to be a hard ceiling. That's right. That's right. Well, Dave, go ahead. Ask him about the numbers. I know oh, you're dying. I have a million you're dying questions off of this because uh, I'm and, and were you talking about my, my forty-seven, my forty-seven number? But now yeah, you can wear any number, you right? You could Wasn't wear you? that, right? Would you yeah, choose? Yeah. Would you be like, thank you, Mister Pearson? But I've got my own thing going with forty-seven. If you haven't heard, I'm going to stick with that now. Hell no! You wouldn't do <laughs> that now. I, I didn't want forty-seven in the first place. I can't even. Let me tell you something. When I got to when I got to Miami. My first day in Miami, Rich Del Ripple, who's Jerry Jones, yeah. right hand man, he and I both got there the first same day together. And, and and they were doing this thing where they had the seniors go out and talk to all the media. Then the juniors go out and talk to us. And then the sophomore, and then and we were sitting on the bleacher at Green Tree Practice. It's only 110 degrees for you. And nobody wanted to talk to the freshmen. Of course, I raised my hand. I said, hey, uh, excuse me, what's your name? I'm Rich Del Ripple. I said, how long have you been in six? 
<laughs> my first day, just like your first day. I said, okay, I said, who came up with this plan? <laughs> right. I said, this is the most stupid plan I've ever seen. Why do we have to sit out here? Nobody wants to talk to us. We should have gone first, and then we could have gone in. And he said to me, excuse me, this is Rich. He said, who are you? I said, what's your name? I said, Mike Irvin. He said, what position you play? I said, wide receiver. He said, well, number 47? Shut up. You won't be around long. Oh, no. <laughs> I said, I'll be around longer than you. You know, now that I think about it, it doesn't sound good. College don't have four years. But that's what I said then, you know. <laughs> And, and, and I didn't even want 47. I, I, I called, I asked Jimmy, can I come meet with him about the number? And I remember walking in his office and I was going to try to change it to number seven. I thought seven was a cool number. So touchdown, mm-hmm. seven, right? So I go in the coach as a coach, you know, he said, I, I want to think about trading his number in. And he's like, Michael, are you serious? He said, no way we can do that. He said, when I see you, Michael, and I see you catch that ball and you run down the field, you know what I think about? I think about a 747 landing on the runway and can't nobody do anything about it. <laughs> I walked out with a whole new, I was like, oh, really? Wow. Like, wow, this, is, this number is great. <laughs> I kept the number. I walked out. Later on, I said to him, I said, I can't believe I bought into that bull you sold me about a 747. <laughs> And, and he did it. And he did it for Brock Berlin. Now he did it. <laughs> yeah, right. To protect Brock Berlin's number seven. Come on, Jimmy. Not a Hall of Fame decision there. Hey, you talk about standing on on uh, uh, standing on the floor of who came before you. You did not like it when T.O. when he wore the 49ers uniform came in and stepped on your logo. You just talked to Juju Smith Schuster. What do you think for real about? Is it my reaction? Is this is a lot of noise about a whole bunch of junk that Juju dancing on the other team's logo right. in the pregame had any impact on whether or not the other team oh tried God. hard. I mean, it's so ridiculous, but you, oh I God. mean, cause you did a lot of that, but now the league doesn't want the taunting and all that stuff. And, and I think, I think that's the most crazy thing in the world too now. Like, you know, honestly, I got a phone call. I remember Emmett calling cause I didn't play in that game. Right. I, I was hurt. I didn't play in the game. My neck was already hurting. And, and, and Emmett called me. I'm thinking, did you see what T.O. did? I said, yeah. Well, I can't believe it. What are you calling me for? He did that <laughs> early in the game. You should have taken care of it. You guys should have taken it. When he stopped on you should have gotten together and said, let's make sure we win this game and make him look like a fool. He didn't do that. So, and no use of calling me. We ain't got nothing to talk about. You should have taken care of it when you had the opportunity <laughs> to take care of it and you would have made him look crazy. But I, but, but, even that, but what happened with Juju? I thought that was, that, that, I thought that was that was just absolutely crazy. Juju was bringing in the young fan that we want around the NFL. Right. All those TikTok fans, and then and, and, and they were eleven and zero. He was doing it. And it was all great when they were eleven and zero. Mm-hmm. They lost one, and you know, guys, they were trying to find any reason why are we losing this game. Juju dancing. We got to stop that. Come on, man. So, yeah, that, that's crazy stuff. Man. But it's all it's all about curbing all the fun and everything. And with the draft coming up, it got me thinking about you as a rookie and hazing, which is was always used to be considered fun. I don't know that it goes on to what extent anymore. I can't imagine it happened with you. I don't I don't think that. Michael Irvin was running around grabbing donuts for uh, veterans and singing Bobby Brown songs and then the team meetings and stuff, right? 
Did you get so, hazed uh, at all? I, I tried to be better about it when I got to the NFL. I wasn't very good with it in college. Now, mm-hmm. you got to imagine, I was coming out of Fort Lauderdale in college, and and and, and we we were, I, I tell people all the time, we were the, we were po. We were po. Mm-hmm. We were just po. And, and I didn't have time to call. We're coming here to college to play with the hazing game. I, I'm trying to provide for my family. We right. were po. I, and I said po. I, I speak for a living. I know the correct word is for. But we were so po we couldn't afford the other O and the R. We just said po. <laughs> so 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 when I got to college in Miami, all the hazing, I wasn't about that. I'm oh. like, no, I gotta get us out of this ghetto. I gotta fix it. My first day in Miami, they were trying to haze me and I get into a fight. I was like, oh my God, I got a fight with an offensive lineman. They tried to make me stay in line and let everybody else eat, and the freshmen could not eat. I'm the 15th or 17th kids. I never saw a steak <laughs> like that on the on, 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 on the training table. And the guy wouldn't let me get to the steak. Uh. He stopped me from getting to the steak. And then in the end, he said, give me the freshman steak. Oh, that was it. I took the tray I had in my hand, cracked it over his head, and started. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can't take that steak. They sent me to Jimmy's office, right? <laughs> Jimmy told me, he said, son, listen, you can't be fighting your own teammates over state. We just can't do that. <laughs> he said, I'm not going to send you home. I'm going to spend some time with you and try to help you out. But, but we can't be fighting each other over the I'm just, just being state. a big 747, but coach. I didn't even see him down there. That's right. So, yeah, it, it, it was crazy, man. But but when I got to, when I got to pros, I, I was better. You know, I just got a big big check, so I was okay. It was time to ease off and, and be okay with the haze. That's a great story. Oh, that's so good. The 11th pick, but, you know, I remember when you were coming out of the U and you were a big deal and, lot, and a coveted guy. Um, there has never been, Michael, I've never talked to a guy, even Reggie Bush, who went, what did he go, second or third? I think he went second. Um, yeah. Everybody, if they didn't go first overall, they're upset about their draft experience because they didn't go high enough. Reggie Mm. Wayne can tick off every single receiver, what slot they went in, the team it took him, why it was a mistake to take that guy over Reggie, and so on. Do you have that same uh, recollection of things? No, no. I mean, I I came out my junior year, after my junior year. You know, back then you had to graduate early to leave and go go, go to the league early. You know, now you could just, hey, I played two years, I'm gone. So, so when I graduated early, that gave me a little bit of control over the draft. So a team had to, since I was only a junior, a team had to call me before they draft me. Hmm. So they couldn't just draft me because if I, if I want, didn't want the team to draft me, I could drop a class, go back to uh, uh, summer school, pass the class in summer school, and then apply for a supplemental draft. That team would have lost his draft choice. I saw Bernie Kozar do it a couple of years earlier, so I thought, let me try. Right. You know what I mean? And, and, and so I went to summer school all year. I got out early. And I remember Green Bay, you know, because that year, Oak, uh, Oakland, it was Oakland then. They, they drafted Tim Brown with the fifth pick. Mm-hmm. I got a phone call from Green Bay. They were at the seventh pick. And they were like, we thinking about drafting you. I was like, oh, no, not Green Bay. <laughs> you know, it's Green Bay. <laughs> you know <laughs> From Florida to Green Bay is not a good transition. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a bad. So, so here I, we, like I told you, we got, we the brokest people in the world. 
the whole house started chanting, no way, Green Bay, no way, Green Bay. <laughs> so, so Green Bay goes on and, and drafts Sterling Sharp, who was a great, great wide receiver. That's mm-hmm. my boy, great wide receiver. Eleven pick comes. Dallas don't even call. They mm. just draft me. I'm like, what was that? You know, where, where's the power? All that hard work I put in for my power. But I knew they would because before that, Jimmy had already told me. He said, listen, Dallas is thinking about drafting you. He said, I, I know what you're doing and why you graduated early. You get that control. He says, but there's an oil buddy of mine that's about to buy the Dallas Cowboys. You're not playing that with the Cowboys. I may be joining you soon. <laughs> and they never called. They just drafted me. And I was wow. like, hey, that's, that's great. That was great. And then the next year, Jimmy came. That's great. And you were excited because Dallas has like the best steaks in, in the country, right? Barbecue. <laughs> Dallas has everything. <laughs> Dallas, yeah. Dallas has everything, man. Yeah. Everything. <laughs> and if you win here, it's a forever thing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> because the brand is, is so big. It, 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 was, it was my dad's favorite team. It, it was really heaven. It's as I told C.D. Lamb last year, I said, man, you don't fall to the Dallas Cowboys. You get mm. placed on the Dallas Cowboys. So don't buy into that. You've been blessed to be placed at 17 with the Dallas Cowboys. I didn't even know it was your dad's favorite team. That that just, I mean, you can't even put a price tag on that, right? I mean, yeah, what a fedora hat, man. Yeah. Times I sat and watched the Cowboys play with my dad, and he would promise me one day we're going to do one of those games. So one day we, we never went. We never had enough money to go. But right. he promised me that. And 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 it just didn't work out where 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 I could have brought him to a game. You know, he he passed. I lost. He passed my junior year in high school, and that's the one thing I think about God all the time. And God said, "I'll give you one thing that you didn't have your whole life, mm. and would have been can can he just let my dad see me play?" Well, I'm sure he's looking down on you, and he sees yeah. all the clutter behind you, and he's very impressed. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, speaking oh of being God. impressed, Michael, what's that? you see these guys? First of all, anyone who suited up in the SEC and ran a pass pass route this year is projected to go in the first two rounds. Right. I mean, th- th- does anyone stand out to you? Is it harder to pick? This may be a dumb question. Is it harder to pick out the receiver that you think is going to be great as it is a quarterback? Or what do you think? You think you have an eye for this? Well, there, it's 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 more difficult to find. It's difficult to find greatness period mm-hmm. because there's so many variables that come into it you can have the physical skill set you know but 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 do you have the commitment to it do you have the drive do you have the hunger i told my son and i tell kids they, they, i said well, what do you want to do we'll play in the nfl okay all right i understand yeah, I, I run this fast i do i said all oh, that's good but the main thing you're going to have to do i don't care about your physical skill set you have to master hunger or that joker that's lining up from you or lying across from you. Right. So it doesn't you, you can have all the skill set. If you don't master hunger or that dude that's like, this ain't golf. You ain't hitting a little white ball. The, the other man got hunger too. You got to be more hungry than him to beat him every play. You see what I'm saying? Right. So it's so many different variables that make greatness. And then you throw in what the league is now, wide receivers. Mm-hmm. The small guys, they would never get drafted this high. Last year, Henry Ruggs was the first wide receiver off the board. Not because he was the best wide receiver. He was nowhere near the best wide receiver. But he was the fastest wide receiver. Mm-hmm. You know, and everybody now wants speed. Because you can't hit and separate the small guys from the ball 
anymore and punish them. So now everybody wants to hit you with speed and you can throw the, the short, the little quick, quick balls to the short guys and they, they can run like an open field punt and everything. So, so the game has changed in a lot of ways. When I was playing, you had a big guy and you had a small, fast guy. Now the big guy, like DK Metcalf, is the fast guy. It's yeah. all coming in one package now. It's incredible what these kids have done and the athletes that they are. It is amazing. I mean, you get Justin Jefferson at, what do you go, like 27th? And, uh, and right. Sheck's guy, Dave's guy, Chase Claypool, went 29th. Like, you could really wait. There's like all six of or those seven, guys, so many good ones. All of those guys had better years than the Henry Ruggs, who went first. Right. Because, and I call that the Tyreek Hill effect. We are watching this year. I want to see, like Devontae, Devontae Smith, that's the Tyreek Hill effect. Let's see where he goes. Uh, uh, is he, you know, if he goes before uh, all these other guys. And, and, and I mean, he had a, 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 hell of a hell of a season last year, winning the Heisman and everything. Mm-hmm. But he's still a pretty small guy, maybe 180, soaking wet with, with an extra large helmet on. You know right. what I mean? But, I, <laughs> hey, but, but he's a small guy, so it'd be interesting to see what happens. Well, yeah, he's he's like one sixty five. I mean, uh, from the from your point of view, though, because you talk about the hunger, and of course that's intangible, and everything's right. about forty time. And did you see him on tape against the high end right, competition right, right, right. and all that? Right, right. But those guys don't work out just about as much as they do work out. From your perspective, what is it that is just in an ongoing way? What's missed? What? Why does that happen? Why is this such an inexact business that we can't look at the tape and go like? I feel like quarterbacks a little bit right. easier, but maybe I'm exact. Why? Why do some guys work and some guys don't? It's because of all of those things, all those things. And if anyone is off, then then, then you're like, wow, you know. And, and, and I'm gonna tell you a, a one thing to do. Some can't make it through the transition. There's going to be a loss of confidence in the transition. I don't care who you are. There's going to be a loss of confidence. Can you find your way back? And a lot of times, they can't find their way mm. back. When I got drafted in Dallas, they had me the first time. I was on the front page, lassoing the state of Texas. They said, new sheriff in town. <laughs> My first press conference, I remember coming in. You know, I had maybe lost two games in my three years playing in Miami. I was like, we're on our way to the Super Bowl. New sheriff in town. It's all good, folks. We're on our way now. I'm here. I say, I catch anything. Y'all try. I say, I'm so good at catching footballs. I can catch a BD in the dog. Somebody turn out the lights and shoot a BD gun. I was talking all kind of noise. I truly said this. I went to my first training camp, man, and Everson Walls tricked me on one of the plays and jammed me. I fell to my knee. Uh, I must have dropped every ball they threw my way for the next week. I went to, I went to go see an eye doctor. I went to go see a hand specialist. This is the truth. I was like, God, what is going on out here? You know, I'm like, the wind is blowing. It's the wind out here. It's been, everything, my mind was gone. And I had lost confidence. And, 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 and I was able to fight my way back through work. But a lot of guys, confidence, I tell them, confidence is like money, man. When you get it, you love it. But if you lose it, you hurt. But it's hard to get back again when you lose it. And, and a lot of guys can't find their way back sometimes. Look at all these quarterbacks that were surefire success stories, first picks in the draft, and you watch them go places. And all of a sudden, you're like, is that the same guy that I watched for years, tearing people up in college and everything? 
That's a confidence. It's just gone. It's, they have the skill set, but but they may they have the hunger, but the confidence has been rattled, and and it's no return. Who are you most wrong about in recent years? Whether you thought they were going to be great and they were a bust, or you thought they were going to be a bust or they were great, does anyone come to mind? Because I feel I think about the Cowboys. That's a good one. I'm a big fan. I have not figured out who they're going to draft. I've I've whiffed on their first round pick. Probably Aikman was the last one I guessed correctly. I'm not even kidding. Like Jerry's Pat drew traded up to get like uh Morris Claiborne. Like that was, he's, they're always doing weird things, the Cowboys front office. But what is so That's why you're right. It's an inexact science. It's like gambling, but what about you yourself? Right. Can you remember? Well, that's any? a good one, man. That's a good one. And it's hard to remember who I said, wow, I thought he would tear it up. Or, wow. Like it, He looked over, you know, like I, I remember Julio Jones coming up, mm-hmm. you know, and we we're, we're playing. I remember when Julio Jones was just in Alabama and Leon let you say, hey, man, this is kid Julio Jones. You got to meet this kid. I just wanted to talk with him, you know, and, and I so I followed him for a while. I said, man, he's going to tear it up. This mm-hmm. dude right here. Because, because you know, when, when I got to find out about him, it, he became the guy when I went to my threshing floor. That threshing floor is that place that you go to God. And talk to about talk to God about your biggest issue with what's going on in this world. And on that threshing floor, I call God out. Like, how could you give Julio Jones all of that? <laughs> I was right here. Like this man has size, has speed, has the ability to get in and out. I was like, why could you not have given me just a tad bit of his speed? You know, but so, so I knew he was going to be something special. But it's hard. Look at all these guys, first and second quarterback. Jameis Winston, Marcus Mario. First, and not even with their teams anymore. First and second quarterback taken. Uh, Jared Goff and Carson Wentz. Not even with their teams anymore. Mm-hmm. This is in recent years. Yeah. Recent years. Sam, don't hype me. You get out of here. We're going to try, try this again. It didn't work with you. You know what I mean? It's so, it's so difficult. You have to find the right team. That team has to find the right system to fit you. It is, it's so difficult, man. These things. Somebody was reading the stats for a successful first rounder, and 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 I think they, they say like center is like the t- first first round centers have success, mm-hmm. but and they were like 100 percent on first round centers that have had success. Hmm. After that, it dropped to maybe like 40 percent or something for linebackers, and it only goes down, down, down for everybody after that. So it, it is a hard find. Yeah. There was one guy who, well, many guys have been encouraged to switch from QB to wide receiver um, in that transition. Julian Edelman was one of those guys. Now, right. we talked Drew Pearson. I like Drew Pearson. I liked uh, I like Lynn Swan even more as a Steelers fan. Um, those guys are in the Hall of Fame because of what they did in January's, not in, in October's. This is a more distinct case. Can you summon any sort of uh, generosity to say that Julian Edelman belongs in the Hall of Fame for just what he did in the postseason. Don't hold back, playmaker. Let us. Let know me give you this. You can be let honest. Let me give you this. Let me, let me give you this. And, and honestly, it's funny. I was talking to Julian just, uh, just the other day, conversing with him the other day, and this, this is what I said. I said this on my own cast. This is where what service what, 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 what we've done a disservice in. I was in the league when we added the fullback to the Pro Bowl roster. Hmm. Now, there was no way that Daryl Johnson 
and those guys would have ever gotten a chance to experience the Pro Bowl, yet what they'd done was vital because they were under the listing of a running back. They're fullback, but they're still listed as a running back. And, and, and Daryl Johnson, we never get in with Emmitt, Barry Sanders, and Ricky Waters, all of those guys that were in the league at that time. So they never would have gotten an opportunity. So they made a fullback position for the Pro Bowl. They made a fullback position. So they didn't fall up under the running back. I think what we need to do, especially what the league is now, we need to make a slot wide receiver position for the Hall of Fame. Mm. You cannot tell me that what Julian Edelman has done has not been valuable to the greatest run, the greatest run in NFL history. Oh, man, you're killing franchise. me. <laughs> for, NFL, for a franchise, great. He's been so valuable. He's made such key plays. And, and we'll measure right now, Julian Edelman, I think he has like 100 more yards than me in playoffs. And playoff play, 100 more yards. I think I'm at 14. He's at 14. I'm at 1,300, something like mm. that. He has 31 more receptions. 31 more receptions. Now, imagine if 25 of those 31 more receptions were first downs in the playoffs. Are you joking? That's so vital and so crucial. But we'll measure them to our numbers, guys on the outside who's going 15, 20 yards up the field every time they make a play. This guy's only going 45 yards up the field. But it's a crucial play because it keeps drives going. We need to think about, like we did with the fullback, and taking them out of the running. He's still a running back, but we gave them a special position, making those slot receiver a, a, a position for the Hall of Fame. And I think that way we can also get Heinz Ward in, you know, because Heinz Ward deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, so like, so that, like that's everything. how I see it. This is I, I, Mike and I park our cars in the same garage. You've broken Sal's heart. I didn't he hear any of that. I'm sorry. He doesn't like sorry. any of that. <laughs> I, I, I was I watching said. the Mets there. Yeah. <laughs> so you gotta get, I don't think it's fair. Yeah. I, I know what yeah. you're saying. Yeah, right. maybe, you, right. maybe you have to think of it as like a DH, right? We got to put Devin Hester right. in the Hall of Fame, too. It'd be ridiculous if Devin Hester yeah. doesn't wind up with a gold jacket. It's the right. same right. standard that he's That's on. not the DH I, I was talking about, but Devin Hester, and, yeah. And, and, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I always say this. Did, did he stay in your brain? Every, every when, when I hear Julian Edelman, first thing I think about, I don't know how he caught that ball. One inch off the ground after going mm -hmm. through all of that to win that game, that Super Bowl against Atlanta. Those plays that stain your brain, mm -hmm. you know, that, that are part. And, and it, so, so, so I do think, I think we need to, we need to consider that. I think we need to consider making it a slot position in the Hall of Fame. By the way, you, you brought up Julio Jones. He is, because of Edelman, Julio Jones has the greatest inconsequential catch of all time, probably in the Super Bowl, right? Remember uh, yeah, that yeah. catch was? Yeah, yeah that, that sideline catch you're talking about? Yeah. And the other right. good one was Javon Curse getting it down to the five for Definitely. Seattle before Marsh, before Russell Wilson throws the pick at the goal line. That, that was another good one. I want to ask you one more thing, anymore. Michael. The third pick is the big one, right? Because everyone, for whatever reason, it's Tra uh, Trevor Lawrence first, it's Zach Wilson second. So the Niners trade all the way up. We have to think, Dave and I were talking about this today. We have to think they knew who they were taking before they made this trade, right? They just, they, they have to have someone yeah. in mind. To me, it's a 
I don't, I don't know. Obviously, like like we said, we just spoke for a half hour about it. Anyone could pan out. Anyone could bust. Right. But why right. would Mac Jones be that choice? Right. I feel like after we saw a year of Tua, right. you got to wonder if Tua, maybe just it's too soon to come off an injury to evaluate his talent. But that talent, vastly more talented than Mac Jones, but still struggled a little his first year. Do we want to make that mistake with Mac Jones? Is he a system quarterback? So many great receivers we talked about uh, coming out of uh, Alabama. Is it a mistake? Is that what the Niners did? Right. What do you think? Well, and, and that's a great question, Sal, in this sense. And, it, and that's what everybody says. They must know who they want if they right. moved up to three. It, it doesn't matter if you know who you want if you moved up to three. You better know that you'll take any one of the top three when you mm -hmm. move up to three. You mm -hmm. see what I mean? Because if you want one guy, there's no, even Matt Jones, there's, there's no guarantee Matt Jones going to be there. You know what I'm saying? Right. You don't know who led us. So, so, so if I went up to three, that means any one of those top three guys, I'm good with. I'll take any one of them. So now I put myself in a no-lose situation. Uh, you, 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 that's the only way I can put myself in a no-lose situation. Right. I'll take any one of those top three guys. Gotcha. That's why I'll give up all of this to go up. And, and, and I think they see that. Of course, They'll take travel on, but you ain't gonna get her. You're not going to right. get her. And, and 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 so now they're coming down to the next two, and we don't know who the Jets are looking at. Well, we, you gonna say Jack Will, Jack Wilson, we say, but but we don't know. We don't know. So so yeah, I do think they got their eye on those top three guys that they think, and we don't know who that third guy is mm -hmm. that they'll be happy with. But 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 it's interesting too. And, and I'm with you on this, Al. I'm with you on this sense. You know. Well, when you're in Alabama, you 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 really you are, you got some you got some horses around you. Yeah. And every time you line up each and every week, you ain't gonna line up against those kind of horses every week. Now, when you get in the NFL, you got some horses with you too. But every week you're lining up against some horses. You see <laughs> what I'm saying? So you better make sure that you can fit that ball in the real tight bundle and do some special things. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing who that pick is. I don't know if Matt Jones is more of a a, a uh, 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 you know, uh, 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 a screen, a little ghost for us, uh, 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 all that shit. I'm, I'm hearing so much about that situation mm -hmm. with Matt Jones that I can't wait to see what really happens. Just to mm -hmm. put a little finer point on it, do you think, though, that there are GMs around the league who kind of look at Tom Brady, even at his advanced age, um, yeah. still winning the Super Bowl, classic, you know, uh, you know, stand in the pocket, make plays, not dynamic by definition, do you think that some guys are kind of spooked by like that maybe the dynamic stuff goes the other way sometimes and gets the team into trouble or something? Is, is it, do you think that as we sit here, because everybody loves the, what Deshaun Watson can do at his best and Russell Wilson right. with the scrambling and everything. Do you think there's some instinct that like, I just need the guy who's going to do it from the pocket. And, and that's what Kyle Shanahan's looking at with Mac Jones. In a sense, yes. In this sense, because when the league changed, when they stop allowing you to separate man from ball on the back end, you know, when I ran the bang eight route, bam, I had to take that hit. Every time in the huddle, Troy would say, go up big. Basically means you're about to get your ass hit in the mouth, catch the ball anyway. That's what he means. Go up big. <laughs> you know, it's going to be a, a collision. Go up big. So so once we, we took that out of the game, then on the front end, the quarterback end, we took that out of the game on the back end with the wide receivers and the safeties and the DBs. And on the front end, we gave up accuracy for mobility. 
Now you can be less accurate since they can't separate you from the ball. They have to wait on you to catch the ball. So then everybody said, oh, we can be less accurate now and we can get the guys that move around and we can get those hidden yards, those hidden yards. So absolutely, that has played a role in the way NFL has developed. But Tom Brady has kept saying, he said, yeah. wait a minute, I'm still in here, you know, <laughs> and you have mobility, but I have a brain that just thinks through the game. He plays pre-snap with your mobility. You're playing post-snap. And, and, and it's hard to find people that play pre-snap. And I think that's another thing that they try to bring back to Matt Jones. He's so smart and he plays pre-snap. And Kyle Shanahan, he, he's one, he's no doubt one of the best in the league guys. If he can get his guy that he needs and knows how to play pre-snap and play like him from his perspective, I, I think he'll do great games, do great things. That's all he needs as a quarterback. So I don't know if that's Matt Jones, but if he believes it's Matt Jones and, and, and it works out, that'll be interesting. Now you gotta remember too. He really believed and loved Kirk Cousins. You know, that day, right. Kirk Cousins. He, he really believed and loved Kirk Cousins. So, so he, maybe he's looking for his next Kirk Cousins. Mm. I love it. I love it. Michael, we could talk to you all night. I got a million questions, but I want to let you go. You got a leak in the bedroom. By the way, are we sure your wife didn't plan that leak? She wanted a new bedroom, and then all of a sudden the storm comes? It seems a little too convenient. <laughs> I know. And I would say that, but. But okay, when you get out, when the house is big enough that you have to have these like commercial like fire things in it, the case of fire, you know, and right. that's what cracked. Now I would have said, "Man, baby, did you plan that?" But I see she wouldn't have known how to crack that wall. I just knew she wouldn't have known how to, how to crack that wall. But you know, it, it's like my bishop says, when, when, when it gives you lemons like this, just make some lemonade. So now we're going to change the whole room around because our room is. You know, it's, we, we, we changed. She's going to modernize the room and everything. We had the designer here. And as I was telling you guys, when we came on, the designer was like, why don't I modernize your office? Nah. I mean, it looks like it's clutter back there. I'm like, clutter? Nah. It's clutter. You know how many hits I got in the mouth for this stuff? You're not moving. <laughs> don't you think about touching this. It's not clutter. It's called championship. And I'm going to keep them all right back here. So don't even think about it. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, it's going well. Yeah, you got a new designer. They're not touching that stuff back there. That's art. I, I'm loving it. I'm, I'm trying to zone in on each individual picture and award, and it's uh, it's great. And so are you. Thanks for coming. That's Michael Irvin podcast. You have a new episode this week? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm going to break down those top five quarterbacks this week. I'll do Stephen Jones the week after that, and then pop back up with Kyle Shanahan coming up after that soon. Oh, nice. So, Excellent. So yeah, 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 yeah. Well, awesome. it's always fun. It's fun. It's fun stuff, guys. Yeah. And I just realized too to put to put a period on it. That's why you used to do that flying thing you used to do at uh, at the U when you would be at midfield past all Where the defensive back. You were right. flying like a seven forty seven. I never, I never a seven. That's why you did it. I love Jimmy, it. You're the top. Jimmy Mike. sold me. Jimmy sold me that <laughs> shit, and I can't believe it. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. I love it. I thanks, Michael. I appreciate it. Listen to him on the Michael Irvin podcast. He's the best. Michael Irvin, thanks for jumping on. Anytime, guys. When they called and said, yeah, I said, absolutely. I'll make time for it, man. Awesome. So anytime for you guys. You're the All greatest. Guys. Be safe. Thanks. 88. Yes. The real 88. 
All right, before we get to the next Hall of Famer a second time, let's take a quick break. All right, here he is, our guest today, won a Super Bowl, is a member of the greatest show on turf with the St. Louis Rams. He had eight straight seasons with at least 1,100 yards receiving, 920 career receptions, and he's got the mangled hands to prove it. Tory Holt is here. What's happening, Tory? All hands is here. Hanging in there, fellas. Thanks for um, thanks for having me on the show, and I look forward to, uh, to vibing with you a little bit today. Let's see those hands if we could do that yeah, left hand. Yeah, how wow. can you rub them together? How can you do like that? Like you're you're crashing your hands together. That left that ring finger or middle finger does not look like it vibes. Yeah, man, you man. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Hey, 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 quick story. So I'm I'm at the airport, right? I'm leaving the airport. I'm I'm hammering out the airport for whatever reason. And a guy and I'm turning. We get to the light and I'm turning right. And the guy's going left and he pulls over. He says, "Hey man, slow the slow the head down." Yeah. And I was, I was, I don't know what was going on I'm in my feelings. I was like, F you, man. And I gave him the, the middle finger with it. He was like, yo, what's up with your finger? <laughs> he, had, he had totally forgotten that I was cussing him out. He was more focused on the finger, man. It was crazy. But um, but it's functional. It works, man. It's just over time, just the ligaments are damaged. So there's no more ligaments in the finger. And Good. it naturally curves to the left. So again, it's functional. It works. And I, I so was that was that a one like lefty? What do you write with? Which hand do you write? <laughs> I'm a fascinated. Okay, I'm a writy. That's yeah, good. A writy. He's a righty now for sure. Yeah, right, Shaq, I, I, I have the same. I think I have the same question as you. But go ahead. Well, my my when that happens, do you finish the game? Was that like a one football thing? Or how did that was it? Or is that several injuries all amounting to that one mangled mess that you just yeah? Hung it's, on it's, the several, it's several oh, injuries, okay. but it started with the two. We were playing the we were playing the Pittsburgh Steelers on a Thursday night game. 2005, 2006, I'm blocking the Shea Towns and my finger gets caught in the jersey. It pops out. I run over to the sideline, pop it back in, tape it up, boom, ran back out and played. And then just over time, over practice, it would, it would pop out, I would pop it back in. And then the ligaments just started to start to uh, disappear. And now it's like this. But what was so cool, when it started to move, Re- I was with Reebok at the time and Reebok made a glove for me. They made my special gloves every year and they started to make the glove to the curve, the natural curve of my finger. It was really cool, man. So oh, that's no a keepsake. Yeah, I had no issues catching the football. Wow, that's, that's great. awesome. That is a great story. Well, uh, I appreciate it. I'm going to try not to get distracted. I have so many questions. Let, let's, just, let's just lead to it. You're a Hall of Fame semifinalist. Let's go over these numbers. 13,382 yards. Almost 14,000 yards receiving, 74 touchdowns. You led the league twice in receiving, over 1,300 yards six times, over 1,000 yards eight times, a Super Bowl champ. You have the finger. You have a seven-time Pro Bowlers. Probably most proud of 1,775.9 fantasy points. That's really got to really be uh, number one. But Hall of Famer, come on, Torrey Holt, right? Let's put it out there. Man, you know what? I... This is my eighth year eligibility. I've been a finalist for three times, thir- third time now. So third time is a charm, I'm, I'm hoping. But, you know, it's um, it's very rewarding and humbling to have an opportunity to represent my hometown, my coaches, institutions that I went to, my teammates. Um, I'm very humbled by that. And I'm with you, Sal. It's my turn, <laughs> man. You know, it's my turn to be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I, I think agree. I've waited Long enough. I think I've I think I've represented and played the game in the light of Hall of Famers, like the Hall of Famers did. And for me, you know, we, we all come into this game uh wanting to leave it better than what it was, or 
uh, have some type of contribution to the game, uh, win championships, win divisional championships. I've done all that. So the Hall of Fame would be like, would, to me, would be like the, 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 uh, uh, a great um, sign of appreciation of being sure. inducted amongst the, the football gods, man. That would be like total validation for me in regards to my football career. So, yeah. I'm with you, man. Now is the time. So voters, let's get it right this time. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you know, you famously went on record when your teammate, Isaac Bruce recently got in, you were like, I'm so much better than that guy. How does he get in? No, you didn't say that. No, I didn't go. I didn't go that far, but Sal, to be honest, with you, I was thinking that and I'm, sure he, <laughs> and I'm sure he was thinking the same thing, but it's all good. I'm so excited for Isaac. It was, it was a pleasure to be there in Los Angeles when he got, uh, when he, received his Hall of Fame ring of excellence. And Tom Mack was there. Eric Dickerson was there. Jackie Slater was there. It was just so many Hall of Fame players that was there. And I felt comfortable, man. I felt at home hanging out with the Hall of Famers. So now it's just a matter of it actually being said from the voters being voted in uh, to actually take my place amongst the greats. People like me get, you know, snarky about like, what are these hall of fame voters? Like how like I, I said before you came on, um, it, you feel like a guy who it's like, wait, he didn't get in the hall of fame yet. I thought he was in like a, I thought he was in a while ago. What? He's not it. It really is sort of weird, but from a PR standpoint, you have to watch your mind, your P's and Q's here, right? You can't be like, what the hell's wrong with you voters? You got to play nice with them here. No, well, we, we have to do that. Yeah. Well, well, we, no, we can, we, we should be right, the mean right. guys. He's got to yeah. be pleasant about it. like, well, whatever you decide voters, right? That's correct. I mean, you guys, you guys are a champion for me and, and I greatly appreciate it, but it's a process. I've learned a lot. Again, I've been eligible for eight years. I'm a finalist for the third straight year, third year now. And it's been a learning process every single step. So I try not to do anything to uh, aggravate or upset the voters because I need them to go in with a clear, conscious mind and think about what I did on the football field, not what I said about them. So I think if they look, if they take, if they really concentrate on what I did from the time I got into the National Football League, been the sixth pick overall in the 1999 Mm -hmm. draft to when I finished, I think that is, um, I think if you look at my body of work, that speaks for itself. And then another thing, I'm now starting to see guys that I've, I've already seen my teammates be inducted right. into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, which is absolutely fantastic. I wouldn't even be here without those guys um, and, and their contributions. But now I'm starting to see guys like Edron James and Chant Bailey. These are guys that I was drafted with. These are my peers right. that are now going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And rightfully so, they had fantastic careers. I would like to think that my career was just as good or right along par with my peers that are now inducted yeah. into the book of all the things. It's almost so becoming like a practical turn. joke. Yeah. It's like a practical yeah. joke. Like, Oh, not only my teammates, my draft class, what else is, is my wife going to get into before me? Like, yeah. Right. Probably, <laughs> it's a little weird. Yeah. Sal, I, are I, you uh, going to get it? Sal, are you going to get in before <laughs> no, me? No, I have too, <laughs> too many skeletons in the closet. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, last, last summer I did this kind of deep dive on the hall of fame and how long certain people had to wait. In my estimation, you're definitely a hall of famer. I can't imagine having to wait too much longer. Longer, just based off the way things have gone. But you're right in that you you shouldn't say much too loud because for whatever reason, they give all the power to the people who write about the game. But that's neither here nor there. As a kid growing up, as a Saints fan, I watched the greatest show on turf several times with my own eyes. So I had to, I thought you were a Hall of Famer then. I was like, this guy is nice. I don't know why Isaac Bruce is the one they always talk about. But 
when you were playing, were you like aware, like this is something special? Like you're dealing, like when you're Kurt Warren, you got Isaac Bruce, you got Marshall Falk. Like, were you thinking like, this is something special? They might have a movie about this one day. You know, like mm-hmm. that type of situation. And who played you in the movie, by the way? <laughs> right. Well, if I had my druthers, Michael B. Jordan would, be, would play me in, mm-hmm. in the movie if I had my druthers. But to answer your question, Martin, and thank you very much for your for your kind sentiments right there, brother. Um, no, when I was when we were playing, I knew we had something really special. I didn't know it was Hall of Fame worthy, but I did. I was saying a lot, man. These dudes is really nice. I remember watching Marshall Falk being on the East Coast. He was on the West Coast. We would stay mm-hmm. up 11, 12, 1 o'clock at night just to see this dude in all black killing it. And then to have an opportunity to play with him and see him in practice and then Isaac and Orlando and Kurt and Onias Williams. I mean, being around greatness every day helped elevate my game. And I hope, and I would like to think that I helped to elevate those guys' game. And I always said, if I can play up to that par, then who knows how many division championships or national, I mean, or world championships that we could win. But I knew right away early on, Mark, to answer your question, that I was playing with some really, really special dudes on a very, very special team. And Coach Dick Vermeil and Coach Marks would always say to us, guys, you all are in a special place at a special time. You must take advantage of it. And I, I would like to think that we did as best we could to take advantage of those opportunities. And I, yeah. I got to tell you, one of my my first earliest favorite moment of football, because, I, again, as a Saints fan, there wasn't many. When Oz Hakeem dropped that ball and oh. Brian Milne recovered that f- muff, muff punt, I cried. I cried happy tears. I know, that, you know, I know it wasn't good for y'all, but I'll tell we you what. We cried disappointing tears. <laughs> it's one of the reasons I'm here today, because, you know, seven-year-old me, you know, has, I remember it like it was yesterday. I came We get it. You're younger than all of us, Marty. Stop like, showing off. I'm trying to seven. share a moment with my man, Terry, uh, Tory Holder. That's what I'm trying to do here. You, you got me all fl- uh, flustered, Dave. Hey, 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 Martin, we, we, when, when that ball was punted to us, and we were on the sideline, we were saying, just get it back. Mm-hmm. Just control the punt. Just get that, it back. That's, that's, it. It. That's, that's it. That's it. There's that's no it. way they're stopping us. There's no that's way we're not losing. Not a chance. Hey, not a chance. Because momentum had swung to our side. Like, we were really, really on fire there late in that game. And then and then to see Oz drop that punt, and then he tried to make an attempt to get on it, but it didn't happen. We immediately, we immediately went right to Oz to comfort him and to make sure that he was okay and let him know, look, mm. we're pissed off that you dropped that ball. But we steal your teammates. We still got your back. <laughs> we'll move on. But it was a very, very heartbreaking um situation to see that happen because we we were going to steamroll the Saints and win that game. If that boy had caught that ball, there was no chance. There was nothing <laughs> stopping. You call the police, call pray, because that was then, the only then, thing then that could have made it happen. That then you'd have been a crying then you'd have been a crying seven year old <laughs> different <anymore>. crying. Yeah. <laughs> I would have gave you the finger at the start of this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I mean, I'm looking it up now, Tori. Uh you're Part was played by Timothy Chalamet in the movie. I thought that was. I thought it <laughs> wow, was. that was bold. No, bold choice. Right. I don't think he should have played. That I don't even and when I seen Timothy playing me, I was like, who? <laughs> <laughs> he's, not, he's, sense, he's nowhere right? near athletic. Well, nowhere that guy's got pretty hands like a girl. He can't play me. <laughs> what about, though, you talk about these games. So that one in the Saints was monumental. It was iconic for Saints fans because the Rams were so formidable. As we go into these playoffs now, there are teams that are, I mean, the Packers, the Rams, um, 
that feel like they're supposed to do it. And I always talk about the curse of supposed to, when you have the extra baggage of like, everybody expects us to win in 99. Like as you guys go from greatest show and turf fairy tale story, suddenly everybody expected you guys to win. How much did that plague you guys in that run? And then in the ensuing couple of years after that, when you were still a, you know, borderline dynastic, how much was that? Like, we can't lose to this bucks team. We're losing 11 to eight. We're going to lose to, 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 to this bunch. I mean, how much was that uh, an obstacle for you guys to overcome? Well, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, man, to their credit, I mean, think about all the Hall of Famers that they had on that roster. I mean, John Lynch and mm-hmm. uh, Derek Brooks. Zap, right, Brooks, Zap. I mean, right. They matched up really well with us. We knew it was going to be a physical football game. And a lot of people didn't think that we were going to be able to endure that physical type style. But we did. And Ricky Pro came up late in that game, mm-hmm. made an amazing catch. Yep. That was his only target of the game and the biggest play, I would say probably in, in a lot of us career in history, um, that he was able to, to come down with that. With That's that. why he's a Hall of Famer. No, no, he, he didn't make it. No, <laughs> he's in two. He didn't quite make it yet. But he that that, that was that was a, a very, very good football game. But for me, I think what the expectations of making the Super Bowl and then we won the Super Bowl, I think that really helped us to stay, I know for me, speaking for me, to stay sharp and to stay on our game because the expectations were really high. Right, we right. got everybody's best every single weekend. It was a Super Bowl. We played, after winning the Super Bowl, we played 17 Super Bowl games the following year because everybody was giving, their, giving us their best. And it was a challenge, but it also kept us sharp. Now, we had some things happening internally with some players and things were happening and being said. But for the most part, it was a very focused, uh, unselfish, uh, competitive football teams that I played uh, played with. And I think those Super Bowl, those divisional championships helped to keep us really sharp as ballplayers and as a football team. Yeah, for sure. I want to steer it to uh, modern day now. First of all, I've seen many of your highlights and games and everything. I don't remember you taking off all your clothes and throwing them into the crowd. Did uh, (laughs) what was what was your reaction to the Antonio Brown uh, fiasco a couple weeks back? Yeah, I I was um, I was shocked and a little disappointed as well because you know AB, uh, you you all we all know how much football means to him. He said it several times. He shows it on the football on the football field. This dude is a, this dude is a hall of hall of fame caliber player. Right. I mean, with the numbers and the things that he's done, he's won Super Bowls. Um, I was disappointed to see him walk out like that on his, on his Super Bowl team. Right. That that was really disappointing. And I said, and I never thought that he would do the game that way because I know, again, I know how important the game is to him. So to see that was very disappointing, but the bucks to their credit, they didn't skip a beat. It almost they, inspired them. That it, 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 it was, it was, yeah. yeah, it was like it was like it gave them more confidence, more juice to overcome um, that of AB. And guys stepped up. Tom stepped up. The offensive line stepped up, and they were able to get it done there in New York. But I was to answer your question, Sal. I was I was disappointed to see AB leave the field in that manner. Right. All right. So, what do you think? Oh, go ahead, Mark. Yeah. I was about to. Say, this is like kind of out of the blue, but this just came across the timeline just two days ago, and you are uniquely qualified to answer this. The price of Air Force Ones has gone up from 90 to to $100. <laughs> Do you get free pairs 
First of all, because you definitely should. Like, you should have a lifetime supply of free pairs. And when I was trying to go get Air Force Ones in the early 2000s, they were $70. Like, how do you feel about the fact that this shoe, which you helped champion in a small way, is now, you can't buy it. And it's it's so expensive. You cannot find them anywhere. (laughs) It's really hard to get. What Like, what's going on here? Well, first and foremost, the Air Force Ones are ill. They're one of the dopest pair of sneakers that you can get. Um, I've been, when I was coming through high school, we had a few guys from New York City that went to our high school and they would leave and go to New York on the weekends or during the holidays and they would come back with all these Air Force Ones and I'm saying, where do y'all get these sneakers? I couldn't, I couldn't, because we, in the South, we didn't, you know, we didn't get them like that, like how it was up North. So that's, that was when I first fell in love with the Air Force Ones and then I had a pair, I played in a pair of black and white Air Force Ones when I was in high school playing basketball. I played in Air Force Ones. You played um, in black Air Force Ones in high school? Black high top, black and white hair, high top Air Force Ones See, I played in high y'all school. Y'all don't know, Sal and Dave, that means Torrey Hope meant business. So I was, yeah. yeah, so I was about business out there with the Air Force Ones on. Um, but, and then in St. Louis, Nelly hit us up and was like, yo, I'm shooting this Air Force One video. Y'all mind coming out and being in? And we was like, yeah, man, why not? So we drove down after practice. <laughs> And was in one of the dopest videos of all time in the Air Force One video. And the, like you said, the price is spiked. But no, I do not get Air Force Ones for free. Um, oh. I, I, I need to call some. I need to have my folks call somebody. And see no, I don't, no, no, no. I'm putting my foot down on, on your Air Force One-less foot. Because that, <laughs> you don't get free sneakers. He's like, look at, look at Tory Holt's ceiling. It's nicer than my house. I want to live in his his wooden ceiling there. Like, well, we don't deserve free sneakers. He put I need them the on free. the map. He was part of the I need the free sneakers. Tory Holt doesn't. Uh, now, see, now that's done with. The, the, the free stuff is going away. Now you have to give something to us, Tory Holt, in fact. What's that? Yep. Tory Holt has one vote to give. And it's been boiled down to this. One guy's going to get a gold jacket here. Is it Steve Smith or is it Heinz Ward? Ooh. Mm. These are your contemporaries. Wow. They, they are my contemporaries in both. Both. Because Reggie Wayne's going to go. Andre Johnson's going to go. I sincerely, not just because we're talking to you, I assume you're going to go, which I don't want to be presumptuous, but I think you have to get in there. But I think those are the guys, the two names I just said there that are, people are kind of like, yeah, I think Ooh. so, but maybe not. Mm, that, that is a really tough one. How about both? No, oh. no, 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 no. Okay, then you have to take away to give yourself a gold jacket. You have to take one away from somebody who's already in there. Do you want to take well, Bob Greasy's jacket away? You want to take Greasy's or Namus yeah, or somebody else? jacket. Take somebody else's away. Take Isaac Bruce's jacket. That's a funny Lynn Swan, Drew Pearson. Ah. Maybe Drew, maybe Drew Pearson, maybe. Okay, good. I would say, I, would say the, I feel like that was the one instance in which somebody calling out the media, because Drew Pearson after, that, yeah. afterwards went in. in tears saying, this isn't fair. Yeah. Years later, he's in the Hall of Fame. Good point, Sal. We need to get Tori to cry here about it. If you weep, I like, I just got gave everything I had. I, I would love Tor- Tori and Dick Vermeil crying together. I put it on the line. I mean, God, I put it on the line every freaking fucking week. <laughs> I put it on the line. Look at my finger. Look what I gave to this sport. 
Look at my hands. It's my turn. By the way, maybe maybe that's why you don't have uh, Air Force One. Maybe they don't give you. Do you have a toe that jets out 60 degrees? Maybe they can't make the specialized (laughs) shoe for you anymore. (laughs) I don't know. Who knows what's going on with that? But you know what? That Air Force One's video, man, was. um, Yeah. I mean, Ozzy Smith, Ozzy Smith was in that video, Marshall, myself. I mean, that video was crazy. But the Air Force Ones, like, really took off. I mean, they were already a, a, a prominent shoe, but they really took off after that video. So, shouts out to Nelly. Shouts out to Dirty for um, for inviting us and including us in that video. There you go. Maybe they make gold-collared Air Force Ones for your uh, Hall of Fame induction to match up. You'd wear yeah, those, well, right? You know what? Yeah, yeah, a nice gold pair with a white check would be dope. Or you nice got to. Clean yeah. white pair. With, a nice clean white pair with the gold check with Hall of Fame on the tongue, I think. Uh, I, think I think you got to go white with the gold accents. With the gold accents. That's the right. Gold I'm accents. No doubt. Tori, give us your Super Bowl prediction. Very exciting times coming up, right? You like the, do you like the expanded playoff, first of all, for the first week? And then give us a prediction if you can. I do, man. I'm looking forward to some great games. The one I'm... The, Obviously, the Arizona and L.A., uh, looking mm-hmm. forward to that game, being a Ram. Though the Rams really got, uh, in the second half of that game against San Francisco, got dominated in that game. Looking forward to seeing how they respond. What the hell is really? their problem? What, what is their problem? We, we, we're trying to figure it out. Well, and, and you're talking about that, that particular game? Or just I don't know. Just a, it just, uh, they should be crushing teams, I think. Yeah, well, well, well they got to minimize the turnovers. I think that's obvious, right? Mm-hmm. And, and Matthew Staff is through for almost 5,000 yards this year, 40-some plus right. touchdowns, but 17, 18 interceptions. That's way too much. <clears throat> got to minimize the turnovers. Yep. Got to minimize mm-hmm. the turnovers. The offensive line has got to be better. If you watch that game against San Francisco in the second half, they look like they couldn't block a soul at times. So right. the offensive line has got to be better, right? And then they got to be better on the back end defensively with communicating and making some more big plays, taking the ball away. Jalen Ramsey was able to do that. They were able to go down and score. But defensively, they got to they got to communicate better, get the calls in, get communicated a lot better, and then um, and then and then make some big plays. But minimizing the turnovers and establishing the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball will be key for the Rams as they go down the stretch in the playoffs. Is Ball's Stafford game. is Stafford the under the most pressure of any player going into these playoffs here, given his career and the mortgaging of the future for this season by the Rams? Absolutely, absolutely, Dame. Yeah, absolutely, he is. Um, you know, the, the, you know, the Rams and the brass and Sean McVay all last year was saying they were, they were one player, a quarterback away, right. To getting back to the Super Bowl and having an opportunity to win it. Now they have their guy. Um, yes, the pressure is on Matthew Stafford. And when you look at the quarterbacks that he'll be going against in the, in the playoffs, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, just in the NFC, you know what they're going to do. You know how they perform in the bigger moments. So can he outperform those guys to get the Rams to the pinnacle? That's yet to be seen. We haven't seen Matthew Stafford in a playoff environment. Well, he has played in a playoff environment, but he hasn't won. This will be, this will be the biggest playoff moments of his career. Uh, So we'll see how he handles himself. We'll see what he does. No, tell us you're the one getting the free air force ones. Is he going to rise or no? You know what? I'm not sure. And, and this is my team, and this is my squad. I'm not sure. Um, I think the potential for him to rise is there, but also the things that he's also shown us in regards to turning it over, almost inside of the pocket, also concerns me. And the offensive line concerns me as well, because you're only as good 
as the guys up front protecting you and giving you the ability to stand up right and to read the football field and to throw accurate footballs, I'm not sure. I want to say yes, but I'm still not sure. Mm, it sounds like he really, really doubts his team. It sounds like he's putting the Packers in the Super Bowl. <laughs> no, I'm not ready to go there yet. <laughs> but I do want Matthew, I do want to see Matthew Stafford stand up. And we'll see Monday night versus the Cardinals if if that's the case. Did you think Cooper Cup was the MVP? I mean, the numbers were in, as a wide receiver. It's it's not fair that traditionally a wide receiver is not allowed to win this award, right? And now it seems like uh Aaron Rodgers is not a terrible choice. Uh, in his own right, is the favorite to win. But were you rooting for Cooper Cup, or you you still think he can get the nod? Yeah, I've, I've been rooting for him all year long. I said a couple couple of uh, I said a month back when I was on uh, when I was on NFL uh, Good Morning Football, mm-hmm. and I said he certainly should be in every talks of MVP, uh, being uh, what he had done from that from the beginning of the season and up to that point. He certainly should be in the MVP talk. Look, this dude had 191 targets. 191 targets! That's a lot. <laughs> for 145 receptions, 1,947 yards, 16 touchdowns, and 25.8 points per game in fantasy football, the most of any receiver in the history of fantasy football. Right. Unbelievable. And teams knew that he was going to get the football, and they still couldn't stop him. So certainly, he should be up for the MVP talk, as well as the offensive player of the year talk. And and then, and I mentioned 191 targets. He's had zero fumbles in the last two years, wow. zero fumbles in the last two years in the way. And, 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 and he's, he's handled the ball a lot more than anybody, any receiver pretty much in the National League over the last two years, zero fumbles the last two years, unbelievable job by Cooper cup, the level of consistency, the strength, the endurance, the unselfishness is all there. And I'm not sure if the Rams are where they are right now, if Cooper Cup is not in the lineup, that's the question. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what? I think he should make the Hall of Fame this year. I don't. I agree with that. He still got some ways to go because he's only really had two right. one thousand plus yard seasons in his right. five five six year career. So he still got some work to do. All right, one vote: Henry Allard or Tory Holt, who gets uh, the gold Ooh. jacket? Tory Holt. Okay. All right. Self confidence. I like that. I, like and I that. love and I love Coach Coach Elliott. Coach Elliott coached me, so I was fortunate to get his tutelage at an earlier age because he really helped me develop as a as a um, as a pro wide receiver. But I had to go with myself. Just call him old. That's fine. You don't have to call him Coach Elliott. That's a shot. We get it. You're saying he's older than you. <laughs> Tori, I know you and your brother. You have a, a fantastic organization, the Hope Brothers Foundation, right? It helps yeah. children who have a parent with cancer. Tell us about it and how people can help out. Yeah, you can go to HopeBrothersFoundation.org and help uh, help support our our mission is we are supporting young kids with a parent or guardian that's battling cancer. We lost our mom to lymphoma in 1996, and we vowed to do something in honor of her name. So we started this foundation, Hope Brothers Foundation. We have our program called Kids Can. Uh, kids can still achieve and accomplish anything they want, though their parent or guardian is battling cancer. We provide educational, emotional support, peer empathy. And then we're also um, helping out with scholarships for our kids that grow out of the program and going off to university. We help. Uh, fund their scholarship so they can go off and get their education. Again, kids can, kids can, kids can still achieve and accomplish anything they want, though their parent or guardian is battling cancer. Hope Brothers Foundation.org. 
Wholebrothersfoundation.org. Great, great stuff uh, there. And I don't, there's not a website set up to get you in the Hall of Fame, but we really need to do it. We need to do that. Uh, you can go, the fans that are listening, you can go to Pro Football Hall of Fame slash fan vote, put a vote in for your boy if you feel there you go. in your heart to do that. That's how you do it. You were part of the greatest show on turf. It's not the most, you were a big part of the greatest show on turf, not the most mediocre show on turf, right? If it was that, then I, I could see, but the greatest show on the, the greatest, only the greats get there. People should be able to do the easy math here. I don't understand. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the greatest show on turf. I mean, just think about that. We, I mean, we, we got our own name, right? <laughs> we have our own name. So it's only right, right. That, you know, we have our own name. That's legendary. We, did we were talking about did. it. There's not even a second greatest show on turf. And there was not one before you either. So I don't know what, what the comparison is here. I don't, me, me either. I mean, we are the greatest show on turf, the best offense that we've ever seen in the history of the game. Um, shouts out to my teammates. Shouts out to the guys in the hall. And uh, hopefully I'll be seeing them soon. Let me say this. You, I don't want to be controversial, but I'm, well, maybe this is. I'm sure you've answered this question a million times. I'm going to ask it again. You certainly are in the Hall of Fame already if you have a second ring as an essential player on a, a dynasty, which is what the Rams would be called if you get that second one. Yeah. Did the Patriots know your plays or not in that, uh, in that uh, mm. the Patriots upset? It was reported that they did. And I'll tell you what, when we got down to the red zone, it did get a little, it did get a little tight. You know, I will say they were on top of some of the things that we were doing. Allegedly, they they watched our tape. I don't know. I know tapes were burnt, and this was said, and that was said. We know they're cheaters. They're cheaters. But, that, that's uh, that's I will say once we in between getting to the red zone, we were okay. Once we got to the red zone, it did get a little tight. So I don't know if it was just excellent film study by Coach Belichick and his group. Or they allegedly was taping what we were doing. Or some film allegedly. cheating. Some film cheating instead of film study. Yeah. <laughs> right. Film cheating, right. I'm allegedly. I lost a lot of money on that damn Super Bowl. I had you guys on the money. Oh. I, 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 it makes me sick to think that that was blown. Sal and I were sitting next to each other. He talked about a guy crying at a football Ooh. game. That was that. He I was shedding real tears. Money that I didn't have, but uh, <laughs> Sorry, Sal. I'm still trying to dig out of that one, I think. Sorry, well, Sal. No, it's not your fault. Uh, they cheated. You can only do so much. What are you going to do? Uh, Tori, you've been great. Thanks for coming on. This has been spectacular. We're rooting for you. We're rooting holtbrothersfoundation.org. That's where you yeah. go. Donate your money. Lots of good stuff. Give us one last wave with that crazy, crazy hand. And uh Hi, Drew Pearson. Oh, <laughs> Thanks, Tori. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Peace. All right. All right. I gotta be honest. That was even more fun the second time around. Join me, Martin, and Sheck. For two brand new shows next week, we'll fill it with picks and analysis and a lot of nonsense. And I want to remind everyone out there who may feel like underdogs, please remember, you're all my favorites.